Now we've another guest from Tulla. Um, Tulla is very popular today. Very, very popular today. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if you just this man, um, I I know this man a long time because, uh, like myself, he he attended school with uh, John S. Kelly uh, in the Merryman Tavern or above the Merryman Tavern, and uh, we even sat beside each other in first year. So um, a great welcome for Michael McMahon from Tulla. Michael, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Jim. Good to be here. Yeah, You were listening to Kitty there. I was. I was a wonderful lady. Um, Kitty has raised so much money for, for various charities, particularly for, for the hospitals yeah. and that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's hale and hearty, and I hope we should the best. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, extraordinary woman. Extraordinary yeah. woman. Yeah. I suppose, Michael, we we started off together in um, in the St Caymans College, Scariff, uh, a long, long time ago now, um, and the our paths probably took different directions. <laughs> in that, uh, you um, you went you went to Tulla School, didn't you? Eventually, I did, Jim. We, I think. It, you and I sat together at the back of the class in, in John S's academy. Where we were most comfortable. <laughs> and we're, well, either one thing, either they had disregarded our, our, our future or, or, else, or else they trusted us. Yeah. <laughs> if we would behave ourselves down yeah. at the back of the class. But, yeah, I um, yeah, spent a year there in, in, in that and full marks to uh, great credit to you to John and his, his good wife, Maria, for, for um, you know, starting that school. It was a wonderful uh, initiative at the time and very forward thinking because I think there, there wasn't a secondary school in East Clare and, and uh, you know we all benefited hugely from it um, it was a time when you know certainly for some of us in Tulla it was if you for the for the boys anyway you had to be you either went to Flannans or you went to the CBS in yeah. Ennis there was no other alternative and this, suddenly this school appeared and it was, was wonderful and that first year that we were there, Jim, I think it was 1966. That's right, yeah. Both showing our age notice. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we give that away straight away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the following year, uh, Tulla went co-ed, and there were three of us from Tulla, three lads who, who moved to Tulla School uh, for for because of convenience and because it was nearer to us and because uh, suddenly free education had arrived. Yeah, and and you know another man who we have to thank for that is is uh, Donegal O'Malley who indeed, was a indeed. huge huge. Um, I mean, it's very hard for the for the present generation to realise that you know education wasn't free, second level education wasn't free. We had to pay fees when we started. We had to pay fees, yeah. and uh, um, suddenly this happened, and it gave it gave everybody a chance to get educated who, who wanted to be educated and get into 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 a second level and move on if they could. Um, Donna Comali, you know, he, 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 I think he took that on himself and didn't even tell his... his did Paddy Hillary had, had, had been quietly working on it right. behind the scenes yeah. and Donna... The funny thing about that, John, though, I think, is that free education on second level was, in, was free in the north of Ireland for about 10 years earlier. Prior to that. So, yeah. Prior to that, so... The blackest... One of the blackest days in, in my own life as a, as a teacher, a school organiser was the day you and you left. And a very good reason. When the, the, the convent in Tulla decided to actually... He would say that, Jim, wouldn't he? He would, yeah. of course, yeah. <laughs> I'd say it because we had to prove ourselves academically. Yeah. You, you know, there's a whole cultural, if you like, question involved. Um, 
And it was important that we get guys and girls who were, as we might say, uh, fairly sharp, do you know, okay, who were going to get good results. And you two stood out, you see. As he, I, he's, he's laying it on now. <laughs> ah, <laughs> no, I, wasn't <laughs> say, I wasn't expecting this. No, <laughs> but it's the truth. But I'll tell you the finish of it. It was totally understandable that you went, that you once they, they went quiet in, in uh, Tonnet that, and it is understandable in your case as well, to lose you. But I was concerned about the future of our own school with the Coy because we were drawing so many students from the Mills and from, from Tala, boys in particular, okay? Mm-hmm. So I went to visit a friend of mine who was a nun in the convent, okay? And having a cup of tea with her in the, in the parlour, she said, John, she says, if there's anything you can do to stop us taking boys, we'll support you. Really? Yeah. Apparently there was pressure being put on, uh, on the nuns. Mm. Why? You'll have to spend another day on that one. No, okay. But was, I, I was sure it was to mean the end of, of us. Right. And we, we went to Tala. There were five of us Five boys were yeah. first through the doors of that school, which was the inaugural school. Yes. And we ended up in second year then, because yes. we had done a year. With us. Um, three of us had moved from Scarf. Yeah. And then there were about 25 or 6 girls. Yeah. And the poor nuns, I think, didn't really know how to handle the situation with these, yeah. like, these ruffians arriving. And, and, uh, oh, very cultured from uh, <laughs> the exposure to it. Well, you could give us a good foundation, then, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of discipline. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's where we ended up, finished up there in, in, in secondary school. Um, incidentally, I should give a shout-out to a very, very special teacher who was there at the time, a nun, Sister, Sister Lilia. Mm. Sister Lilia... Uh, was a strict disciplinarian, but by God, she was a great teacher. Mm. And she taught us Latin and Irish. Mm. Now, the five lads only, we were the only people who did Latin. Yeah. But she's, after celebrating 100 years, her 100th birthday, really? she lives down, I think, in Nina at the moment in her community. Wow. Um, oh. A wonderful, wonderful teacher who gave us a huge foundation, particularly in Irish. Mm. Um, she, she, for some reason, I never understand understood Irish grammar. Still don't, by the way, really, but... Never understood Irish grammar until she got, got going, you know, mm. and she was wonderful. And how many mm. nuns were in the school, by the way? Oh, good Lord. So there, there, there were a, a, a clatter of nuns, as I'll say. A great collective known. A great collective known. Or as I'd say in other places, the rake of nuns. The rake but, of nuns. <laughs> yeah. but she, they, they had a, there was the, the principal was uh, Sister Aquin. She oh, yes. ran the place very well. She's possibly the nun you're speaking to, mm. um, when you made reference earlier. Yeah. And um, then there were, I mean, the nuns were they taught in in Tulla, I think, since about 1950. Yeah, I think 1953. Order. I think. 53. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, yeah. That was the year I was born, by the way. <laughs> 53. Okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, now, the your career, I watched it over the years. You were drawn towards the. Uh, in fact, what was your career guidance? <laughs> <laughs> career guidance, John, as you know, in those days was, was very special. <laughs> you, if you if you got on pretty well in your in your leaving cert, I suppose you you went into jobs like the bank, or you went into 
you were maybe called to training, as you have to call it, Jim, you would know more about this yeah, than I would. Yeah. Um, or you, 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 you went to the civil service, or you went to, there was a thing called junior ex. Junior ex, junior executive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, um, I came across some of those fellas afterwards as well. <laughs> <laughs> moved up to civil service. But, um, so, you know, you've got a, maybe a talk on, on career guidance. And, yeah. And um, look, at most of it over your head. There wasn't a huge, uh, a huge uh, emphasis. Science. No, uh, yeah, they gave us out little red leaflets about the size of your A4 size yeah. book there uh, for different careers. Yeah. And I think they were issued by the civil service or something. Yeah. I, I can't remember. And you know, you, you kind of looked through some of those and um, you swapped them around. And, and what caught your eye? Well, I, I had always an interest in the military. Had um, you? Yeah, from way back. Is the family in? Was no, no, fa- no family connection with the military. Yeah. Yeah. I, t- I think I had an uncle years and years ago, way back in the 1930s, who was in the volunteer corps way back yeah. those days, but he didn't stay long. And uh, I had no, there was no, no military wasn't no. even anywhere near my family, you know. There was and no, you didn't join the FCA or anything? I did, yeah, I did joined you? the FCA. You I got the boots, did you? I got the boots and the great coat. Do you remember the boots yes, and the great yes. coat? yeah. Um, I'd say our listeners could be interested. They would be because uh, there was a, a, an old uh, officer told me one time he was a he was a um, training officer yeah. in the Clare area, and uh, they were trying to set up centres. And uh, he went out. They went out to this centre, which was in a pub somewhere. Yeah, uh, in the back room of a pub. Yeah, and uh, it was their first night up there, and they were trying to entice guys to join in, and. Um, that was all very fine until this guy, this guy sidled up to him and said to him, are you the man with the boots? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, down in Bally de Hob, it, it, they took it a bit farther. You see, for our listeners' sake, the, the, the FCA, the 4C Custom the local defence force, okay, that um, you got, if you joined, you got the boots. Now, these boots would last you a lifetime. And the great coat, the great coat was multifunctional. It could do as a blanket, it could do for whatever. But the lads in Ballydee Hob had been waiting for ages, you know, for the boots, and they hadn't come. So <coughs> an officer, like your, your your man, an officer appeared out from Cork anyway, uh, trying to sell the idea of the FCA and the advantages. And he called for questions, OK? And the only question that came from the, the assembled mob was... When are the Ballydee Hub guys going to get their boots? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd see these, you'd see these, they were marvellous boots, though, weren't they? they, they well, I, they were at the time. <laughs> you know, I mean, the whole emphasis on footwear changed in, yeah. defend, in, in armies. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the, the British found out in the Falklands yeah. that they, one of the most essential items of kit yeah. were boots, boots. And they didn't have the right boots. Yeah. And a lot of them suffered from trench foot and that kind of really? thing. Really? Yeah. So the, the, the boots the boots nowadays are, are as I say, again, multifunctional, but they're probably Gore-Tex lined and they're waterproofs and all that, you know, and you yeah. look at them in a different way and that. I so remember, actually, I remember, uh, um, uh, what do you call him? Um, our Roscommon man. Dermot. Dermot yeah. I remember Dermot Early on uh, the Late Late Show uh, wearing the new outfits uh, that were going on, now going to be part of the of the, you know, fatigues and what yes. have you, for guys going abroad. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, you know, that was, 
that was probably the new field dress that came in, which everybody wears now. Yeah. Um, it's a light uh, material, um, much more uh, comfortable. Yeah. And you're not tied up in, in old, you know, in all the old days with tunics and sandals yeah. and belts. Yeah, which, and that's all right for, for ceremonial, but, yeah. but for, for working in, in the normal day to day, even, yeah. you, you need the comfortable yeah. uh, stuff. And then they would have designed different uniforms for going abroad to warmer climates, etc. Unlike our predecessors who went to the Congo, you know, back in 1960, with what they call the Bull's Wool Union. Yeah, do, do you remember that stuff? Do you and remember that, lads? We had it in the FCA. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thick. You Thick. Oh. Heavy. And if it got wet, it just, yeah. you know, it just dripped down off you. And yeah. um, so they, they, they actually, I mean, in those days, you, you can imagine going into a tropical climate. Yeah. With that uniform and, and, and how they operated, they were marvelous people. Like, they were, you know. So you, you you did have exposure to the FCA. You so yes, I spent two years in the FCA and yeah. did a couple of summer camps because all young fellows went off in summer camp. They got they got, got fifty got paid for it. You did, and uh, we had a bit of fun and a bit of training and all the rest. You know, it was yeah. good. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So that now is that influencing your t- career in the well? Uh, it it did, I suppose. It it. I was interested anyway, and I, you know, kept the interest. But that was the summer I did the, the summer I did the Leaving Cert. Um, yeah. it was nineteen seventy one, and I played for different jobs. This was, yeah. as you did, Jim, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And I remember getting notification. It was through interview. The cadet school, the cadetship in the army, was to interview with a medical and or Irish. Mm. And uh, I, the medical, the the interview I thought went well. You know, I mean, yeah. very little preparation that time for fellas going doing any interviews. Yeah. And um, the Orl Irish, I remember the old boy that was doing the Orl Irish, and he asked me the more can he look. Oh, oh he, no, slipped, no, he slipped it in, <laughs> and I you just copped it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, imagine, imagine your future career depending on the more can he look. You know? <laughs> do, do you remember that? That that cashed that. Uh, no, Damir, quick pun to good. Cadet Yen Ha. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and look, luckily enough, I copped what he was you, that, you, and yeah. I got in my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and he smiled, and he said, I knew I'd passed. <laughs> so, so uh, when you joined the army, Michael, um, obviously you travelled many places across the globe. Where exactly did you travel to? I did, uh, yeah, I went, uh, I, I joined the army, as I said, that summer of 1971. I actually got notified the same day of a call to training and the cadetship. And oh. there was no doubt in my mind which one I was going to take. And, uh, of course, my poor mother was I can see pushing, pushing me towards yeah. teaching. It's a nice job. We were yeah, waiting for you in drum country. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely job. <laughs> <laughs> and those great holidays. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and all that, you know. And, and what's this thing about the army and all this? Yeah. You know, so I, I think, anyway, when... Some of our pals heard I was going in the army. They were completely, highly, highly disgusted because going off into that dreadful army. And he, and he got teaching, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he got the call. He got the call. <laughs> so, so go back to your question about serving in the army. I'm sorry for yeah, the Yeah, so what, have, what places have you tra- did you travel I traveled, I mean, time? when I joined first, uh, you know, I when we were commissioned as officers Yeah. Um, after two years in the college school, um, Overseas service was not available to us because the only place they were going to that time was Cyprus and there were only a few people going to Cyprus on various staff appointments and that. They had pulled out of Cyprus some years before that. Um, and incidentally, 
Ireland had been part of the UN missions overseas since 1957. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Ireland joined the UN in 1955, I think, and, and they had been all part of that, uh, that you know, since um, continuously. Yeah. So I, I to make a, to go back to your question, I'm deviating again. Um, I did a number of trips to Lebanon. Yeah. I did uh, Syria. Well, I, that came a little later than when I, when I went to a mission called UNSO, the United Nations Truth Supervision Organization, which which um, has been there in existence since 1948 after the foundation of the Israeli state. And part of that mission is on the Golden Heights. Um, you know, monitoring the, the demarcation line between Israel occupied Golan Heights and Syria. And uh, then we spent a while, that within two years there, it was family company, it was a wonderful mission. And after that, I um, I did um, another stint to Lebanon as an operations officer with a battalion in the late 90s. I did, uh, I took a battalion to uh, Unmil, which is in Liberia, United Nations mission in Liberia. Um, um, that was a joint battalion between ours, us and the Swedish contingent. And uh, then I did six months in Kosovo to finish up my, my career before before I moved on to other things. Um, and at what stage then, I know we're short of time now, but at what stage then did you move to become an aide account for the president? How, that did, was you, how did that become about? How did it come about? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I I was sitting in my office in, in Kosovo in, in, in the... Uh, you know, within a month of coming home or whatever, and the personnel people rang me from Dublin and said, um, "We have a job for you when you come back." And I wasn't too sure whether we're, mm. we're, we're, you're going up to. You're probably going up to Oris. They wouldn't say you were, but you'd probably be going up because that had to be subject to sort of approval by the president as well. Mm. And um, so that's where I ended up, back up there with President McAleese for for nearly three years, and then a few months with the, the present incumbent, President Michael D. Higgins. Um, before I retired, I had to go on age grounds, basically. Yeah. Um, so. And was it an enjoyable experience being a Gatacom? It, it was, of course. Yeah, I, I have to say it was. It was everything rolled into one, and you know the the duties of an Gatacom are are you know wide and varied, and no two days are the same. But you're subject. Would you to be able it. to give us an example just quickly? Well, I mean, that was the highlight of that trip. Of that uh, tour, that um, uh, appointment was. The, the visit by, by Queen Elizabeth oh, yeah. in 2011. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, I mean, that was... I don't think they saw me at home for, for weeks, months before, because yeah. there were meetings about meetings about yes. meetings, yes. and it was all coming together, and it was all being treated very hush-hushly, and, you know, it was, but everybody knew what was happening, you know mm. what I'm saying? And mm. So there were all sorts of implications, and the programme had to be... Well, I wasn't involved in formulating the programme, yeah. but I had to keep... knew what was going on. I had to know yeah. what was going on. And, uh, would you be the coordinating? With no, the coordinating? I, I mean that that would all be coordinated by foreign affairs yes. and by the secretariat in yeah. the in this president's department. Yes, um, and by the president. Yeah, and by by officials of the British embassy. Yeah. We would be we would be into we'd be coordinating the ceremonial. We'd be coordinating yeah. um, moves and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Listen, we've run out of time. We're Again, in the last. I just <laughs> want to say we we need to get Michael back. Because we've only scratched we do, the surface. We do, we do. <laughs> Michael, many thanks for joining us today. Uh, great to see you on a personal level and great to see you here in the studio. Yeah, thank you.